That is a uh, hot conspiracy take. I, I mean, I think I probably uh, bought into the idea that they just screwed up. <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 166 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the Baron of branded merchandise himself, the one and only Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, things have been, um, you know, we don't like the word busy, but they've been busy. And so I'm just trying to keep all the, the balls in the air, the plates spinning, all that sort of thing. But it's going all right. How about you? Uh, same. More projects than I probably would like to have on my plate right now. Right. Um, that's my way of saying I'm busy, which we hate the word. <laughs> um, but got a lot on my plate right now. But uh, we're moving through, and that's a good thing. You know what else is a good thing, Kirby? What's that, Bill? That'd be a great, our good strongs over friends at what people for Common Skew. <laughs> words. Um, yeah, words. <laughs> words are fun. You know, that'd be the good strongs over at Common Skew. You know, they're makers of that game-changing software for distributors. I know you're a customer. You've used them for quite a long time. And you know more than anybody. It helps streamline your workflow, connect your team, impress your clients, and collaborate with suppliers to grow your business. It absolutely does. We've been a customer, I think, since 2014. And what I love is not only all of the things you said, which are all true, but they continue to innovate and uh, continue to make the platform even better just each and every um, year. So it's pretty awesome. Absolutely. I think they live by the phrase, good enough is not enough. And I love that. So if you want to learn more about that, go ahead and visit commonskew.com slash unscripted. You're not going to be sorry you did. Now, before we launch into the podcast, I always like to remind everybody that this podcast is available also on Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Did I say podcasts? Sure. Eh, whatever. Podcasts, <laughs> uh, podcasts, Spotify. I can't talk today, Kirby. Yeah, that's all um, right. And all you have to do is use the handy search function in your particular podcast client and search promo corner and you can find this and subscribe kirby we've got a lot to talk about i think today do you know do you want to go ahead and start us off yeah yeah i'll, I'll jump i'll jump in on a topic it was something okay. that i thought about this morning actually oh great um so you and i've talked about this is that obviously we are a promotional products distributor mm -hmm. um and that's been i mean it still continues to be probably 80 percent of our revenue 85 percent right. something like that of our top line revenue but We've positioned ourselves more as a marketing company, and um, and so the cool thing about that is, is it seems to be working. So we have clients, um, prospects, that sort of thing coming to us, and saying, "Hey, we've got this new startup, or we've got this, or you know, whatever. We need help with marketing." And so I had this conversation this week where I'm trying to figure out the responsibility and the, you know where I should jump over the marketing line. And what I mean by that is I was having this conversation um, this week with a, um, it's sort of a startup. They have an interesting product, um, but, and we had a nice conversation about what they've done for marketing, what they need help with marketing. And as I asked them questions, you, I started to notice some logistical challenges in the delivery and the logistical challenges of, okay, this is sort of a side hustle now, how does it transition? Um, 
And my concern was, okay, let's say we put together a proposal, this person agrees to it, and we put the pedal to the metal and do a great job. I think it's going to fail. Right. <laughs> because they're not set up to deliver on the product. Or more than that, like just the way their website flows, they don't have an e-commerce portion. And mm -hmm. so, again, there was just some holes, right? Yeah. So when is it, and this is something I'm honestly trying to navigate through, when is it my responsibility to say, yeah, we can do a marketing thing, um, and here's the proposal, and here's what it'll cost, and just say, hey, man, that's what they asked us to do. And when is it my time to step over, maybe presumptuously, to say, hey, um, we're glad to do the marketing piece, but your shit is broken. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so here, here are some things I see in the holes, and that's what I'm doing, to be honest with you. Okay. So, so I may have a very simplistic view of this. I okay. think if you want to be a partner, if you really want to, uh, to stand out in a crowded marketplace, if you want to really do more than just say you add value but actually add value, I think you always, 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 and I mean always, Kirby, <laughs> <laughs> overstep and say, you know, we can do this for you, but it would be irresponsible because – it's not going to fix what's broken. Right. Um, and, I, you know, I look for long-term relationships. I look for uh, a true partnership. And I am not going to be the type of, of vendor or supplier or whatever you want to put on that. I'm not going to be the type of partner that just takes your money and knows right right away that it's not going to fix your problem. Right. So I'd rather I'd rather let's work on fixing your problem and then we can work on the marketing plan. I think if you don't do that, um, you're you're just the the this side of a shyster, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. Well, and it's it's how I feel but and and it's what I'm going to do. So I appreciate your perspective on that because I'm like I think you're right. But on the other side, there is that voice that we talk about all the time that is like someone's I could see them saying, who the hell do you think you are? We just asked you to promote us. We'll figure out the logistics of the, of the delivery and all that stuff. But I feel like not only am I setting them up for failure, I'm setting our team up for failure too because they're going to turn around and say, well, it didn't work because of this, this, and this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I completely understand. And that's why you have to do it. Right. You know, and I think, unfortunately, I think it's less and less these days than it used to be. But I think there's still people out there who would take that money, take it gladly, and they may may think, well, maybe this will fix it, maybe they don't. I, it doesn't matter. If you see something that's broken if in, in, in a prospect, if you're not telling them, hey, um, we can certainly build your website, but I think you've got some larger challenges, and and I may not be able to help you with it. Maybe you are, but here's someone who can. And right. you know, let, let's let's get you to where you want to be. Your overall goal is to get to X. The website will help you get there, but not today. Right. But not today. Exactly. Yeah. And, okay. And I cool. think yeah, I think if you don't do that, I know if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to sleep very well at night. And I'm sure you're. Yeah. And that's again, that actually helps because it is what I'm thinking. And and uh, the other piece is the reality of it is this is something that a salesperson brought to me, so I know that the salesperson's like, dude. We just need to sell because yeah. that's how I make money. But I'm, I, I, I do find that there is a sort of a moral responsibility in my mind to try and help, you know? Yeah, I think that's when you cross the line from being a salesperson to an actual consultant. A salesperson's always conditioned to say yes and figure mm -hmm. it out later. Right. And a consultant's like, I could say yes, but maybe I should say no but or no and or yes but and maybe really figure out what, how I can help someone here. I love it. Okay, cool. Awesome. All right, Kirby, I don't know if you saw this. Um, our former employer, both of us were employed at Halo Branded Solutions at one time during our stellar 
um, possibly even <laughs> Hall of Fame careers uh, here in the promotional products industry. I don't know if you saw this. So, you know, last year they moved into a huge new facility mm-hmm. um, in Sterling, Illinois. It, mm-hmm. It's a 157,000-square-foot facility. 90,000 of it was warehouse space, 67,000 of it office space. I haven't been out there, but I've seen the pictures, and it's it looks just beautiful and really cool. Mm-hmm. Just last year they moved into this. Yesterday they announced they are adding – to or they had 90,000 uh, uh, square feet of warehouse. They're adding 253,000 square feet of warehouse space. Wow. And another 23,500 square feet in office space. Wow. And that's going to be finished this spring. And so that's going to accommodate an additional 350 employees. They already have 600 who work there. Wow. First of all, that's great. I love when I see growth. And, yes. and I know when they built the headquarters, it was always the long-term plan to add on to it. But it was, a, if I remember right from talking to uh, my friend Terry, our mutual friend Terry McGuire, mm-hmm. and even talking to Mark Simon about it or hearing Mark Simon talk about it, it was a three- or four- or five-year plan as they grew. Um, obviously, they have grown a lot faster than they mm-hmm. had even anticipated. Right. I mean, Halo right now, is at $605 million. So I guess my question is, how big are the big boys going to get on the distributor side? You know, I'll be the first to say I'm wrong. I had a theory about five years ago that, you know, looking at Halo, and Halo grows primarily by acquisition and by recruiting salespeople. That, that is a, a large chunk of their growth. Certainly, there are people, you know, the salespeople who grow their businesses incrementally. But when you're talking large chunks, it's acquisition, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, recruiting salespeople. Sure. And I was really of the belief, boy, that's a great short-term plan but at some point, this is all going to dry. You know, there's only so many fish in that pond. Right. And, man, have I been wrong. <laughs> um, how, big, how big is Halo and all the big guys? You're talking to your Geigers, your, you know, your top ten. How big are they going to get your performance? How big are they going to get, Kirby? Yeah. It's, and is it good? Yeah, okay. Um, so a couple things. I did see the, uh, that there was a headline that they yeah. had expanded. Um, it was a giant uh, – the, the picture was a giant caricature of Mark Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so I assumed that they built the, the new headquarters to shape like his head. Um, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed to find out that's not the case. But, that is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but, yes, I think it is impressive – and I'm kind of with you. I mean, the idea that they continue to grow, it, it speaks to the, the value proposition they add, right? The, Absolutely. Whether, um, well, I think when you look at any of the big guys' growth, you know, yeah. Performer growing great, yeah. Geiger's growing great, and they all have great value propositions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, so how big are they going to get? It, it, that's always a tough one because I think, you know, the the reality of it is everything continues to get more expensive. And so, you know, if they're at $650 million, it seems crazy to think they'd hit a billion, but at some point, one of the big boys is going to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, good for them. Um, is it good for the industry? You know, that's like this existential question that I don't know. It, I continue to believe that those folks are, they add a ton of value to the industry. I think that they do um, elevate, quite frankly, they inspire me. And because uh, I look at those kind of companies and say, okay, what are they doing that I want to do? And what are they doing that I, you know, they're, they're the, the big boy. I'm the little tiny ship in the sea. How can I uh, exploit their weaknesses? 
um, which they don't have a lot of, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I think it's fine for the industry. I, I, I think that it, I continue to believe that the folks who are going to be the big ones and they're going to battle on price are going to battle on price. The people are going to battle on service. You know, I think that's the place where the two distributorships, the two distributorship models that can work, the, I think the folks in the middle are going to get crushed. I, I, that hasn't changed for me from the from the my opinion on it. So I, I struggle with the idea of, oh, is this good for the industry? I don't know. Um, but I think it's happening. So it's a little bit like saying, well, gosh, is Facebook good for our kids today or whatever, social media? It's, it's happening. So how do we kind of exist and succeed in the world that is? Yeah, no, I think actually you make a really good point there. I don't know if it's good or bad for the industry or not. I think it's something that shakes out, you know, four or five years down the road, quite honestly. Right. Um, it, it's always, I think it's a 2020 hindsight question. It's one of those, right. well, you know, you had, uh, you know, College X had a wonderful recruiting class. Well, you really can't judge that recruiting <laughs> yeah. class until three, four, five years down the road. Right. And I think this is the same way. What I do think it is is a testament to um, Halo's strategy um, for for growth. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I I was wrong in that, and I yeah. you know and, and I didn't see that wild growth happening for them. And honestly, I'm happy to see it for them. I know a lot of the people there as well right. as you do. I, I was there during the bankruptcy, and, and there's a lot of people who I consider friends who were also there during the, the bankruptcy and the coming out of that, and, and those people deserve um, some accolades and recognition for, for the wild growth that they're experiencing now. Um, and I think, you know, same thing for, for Geiger and, and Joanne Lance and her team and mm. uh, Greg Mizillo and uh, Proforma and their team. You know, everybody's got they're, 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 it's just interesting, I guess, is the reason I, I wanted to pose the question is you see the, the big guys really getting bigger. And you see on the other end of the spectrum, a lot of more boutique agencies, which I would consider Hossman Marketing one of them or a brand fuel or an ice box. Right. And there doesn't seem, I, I guess the only thing that concerns me is there's no more middle class. And I'm not, but, but here's the thing. Does it matter? I'm yeah. not sure it does in this instance for um, the promotional products industry. I really don't know. I just thought it was, you know, you, you talk about preparing for growth and then having to really accelerate your plan. Just a very interesting conversation, I think. Well, yeah, and again, I think you talked about there's no middle class. Well, I don't even think it's it, – I think we've looked at it historically as the middle class. I think if you look at it from the from the eyes of the end user, the eyes of the customer, it's not the middle class. It's the people who are fighting the price piece. And I'm not yep. suggesting that that's all Halo's doing, but just there's that piece. And yep. then there's the people who are adding service. Either way, the market is speaking to what's important. Yeah, no, right? I, they it, always, and they always yeah. will. Yes, exactly. All right, Kirby, you got another topic for us? Or, you know, before you do, yeah. let me go ahead and thank our secondary sponsor, if you don't okay. mind, Kirby. I love it. That was the least smooth transition I've had in a while. <laughs> so I want to thank our good friends at Tervis. Mm, uh, cool. Love the Tervis. Love that classic line. You know, they've been around since 1946, Kirby. Starting with that classic line, it's that sleek style that makes it perfect for that on-the-go lifestyle. It's the original double-wall insulated drinkware that keeps cold drinks cold and reduces that condensation. One of my favorite things, it's back for a made-for-life guarantee. They have so many sizes. They have that sippy cup, which I think is really funny. If you've never, if you've never seen the Tervis sippy cup, it's really cool for kids. Uh, wine glass and both stemless and stemmed, 10-ounce wavy, a 16-ounce mug, 16-ounce and 24-ounce tumblers, and a 24-ounce water bottle. Made in America, dishwasher safe, microwave safe, BPA-free. You can't go wrong. 
If you want your customer to keep something for a long, long, long time, so if you want to learn more, and gosh darn it, why wouldn't you, go to TurvisPromos.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. So, Kirby, hit Super us up with quality, another topic. For sure. Super yeah. high quality, yeah, absolutely. So I, this was one of those things, again, industry-related. You know, we were talking about, you know, at Hosman Marketing, we do okay, but we're small, right? We're small in comparison to, to the halos of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I struggle with um, is that we've got several great, we've got a ton of great relationships within the industry. And you and I have talked about that. I value that a ton. And I want to I send business to those people sure. that I have a good relationship with. But one of the things I've found is it's really hard to um, have enough business to, to spread it all around. There's not enough to go around. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, once you have two or three great apparel suppliers, it's hard to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna carve out, um, it, you know, just even from a top of mind perspective, it's hard to um, find enough apparel business to, to give your fourth or fifth supplier much enough to matter. And if you like them, you feel bad about that. Right. right? At least I do. And, you know, when it's a new category where you say, you know, food gifts, okay, cool, I got Maple Ridge Farms, or if you're doing custom awards or signs, like, for me, that's a little easier because it's I can go to my same clients and sell them a different category, if that right. makes sense. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to those major suppliers that carry the same thing, I really struggle to find enough business to spread it all around to all the people who are, are that do g- great work in the industry. So two things. Number one, I wonder if the audience, if anybody who's listening runs into this, or whether it's a supplier trying to break in, or a distributor trying to spread it around. And I wonder if you did, if that was something you struggled with when you were running your distributorships. Okay, a couple things. So um, I don't think you should feel bad about having loyalty. And that's really what we're talking about here. Right. If, if you've got a supplier for a certain product line or a certain category, and they've been loyal to you, they've mm-hmm. given you great service, yep. the, the, they've never screwed up an order, the pricing is always there, I think, you know, we, we preach about loyalty a lot in business and about how it's eroded. And so I don't think anybody, and think about your own business, Kirby. Yeah. When you go to a client and they could say the same thing, I, I'm using, I've got three promotional products distributors right now. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't have, I love you, Kirby. Right. I don't have, I don't have the business to give you. Yep. I'd rather have that, walk away from a meeting going, when I get that client, and oh. I'm going to get that client. When, <laughs> yes. I, when I get that client, I know he's going to be just as loyal to me. Yep. And so I don't think any of the supplier reps would begrudge you unless they had something unique or you know things like that. that. That's a little different. But I don't think any supplier rep would begrudge you for having that kind of loyalty. Now, having said that, I do think it's important because we all get in habits. Right. That's just human nature. I buy from the same person because it's easy and I don't want to have to think about it and yep. so on and so forth. So I do think it's important about every year or so to kind of look at your supplier and say, well, and just ask yourself, well, why am I buying from this person? Right. And maybe it's time to give someone else a shot right. at that. So um, I think so. To me, it's twofold. It's loyalty, but I think loyalty is something that is continuously earned. And what what happens is, I think far too often is we allow loyalty to bleed into laziness. Right. <laughs> and fair. and so I think you're, you you have to be loyal, but I think it's also important to kind of look and say, hey. 
Now, the suppliers I'm using today, they've been loyal to me, I've been loyal to them, but maybe it's time to just, just look around a little bit to make sure I'm giving the best service, the yeah. best value, the best product, the best packaging, the best experience to my end users. And you may end up right back where you started, and right. that's okay. Right. But I think, I, So I, I think it's a twofold. That, that's, that's my twofold answer, Kirby. Yeah, it's really good. And I think it, it for whatever reason, at least right this second, it is playing in the apparel space. And right. obviously there's some big boys in the apparel space and big boys and girls. Um, but there's a couple more niche apparel suppliers that I think are cool. <laughs> um, but it, it really does come down to what am I thinking of? And as you said, the loyalty piece and all that sort of thing. So it's maybe Lo- again, it's just one of those things. Yeah, loyalty, loyalty is proven. Every time, though, to me, and 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 it's not like okay, you screw up once, you're out. But I think loyalty is something that has to be earned every single transaction, every single experience. Right. right? Um, the more loyalty you have, the more grace people get when they do make a mistake. Certainly. Of course. Yeah. Um, but I do think I do feel very strongly. So when when I had distributorship, I'd look every year. Okay, why are we working with these people? And sometimes it might be I have a really good relationship with that person. And I'm not comfortable changing. Yeah. yeah, there's some challenges there, and there's some inventory issues. But you know what? They always come through, and I like that person. So that I might, like I said, I might arrive right back to where I started uh, in the yeah. first place. That's fair. Cool. All right, Kirby. Let's talk Popeye's chicken sandwich. Why wouldn't we? Yeah, good question. Kirby. <laughs> we are. Uh, I'm sure you saw this. It's been all over the news. Are you familiar with this? Uh, keep give me a little more information. So that would be a no. Yeah. <laughs> So Popeye's launched a chicken sandwich and trying to compete with Chick-fil-A and all this. And they started on social media and their chicken sandwich is now a permanent menu item, like sold out. Okay. Like they they do not have they will not have chicken sandwiches until the end of September. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah so, so clearly I have not seen this. No. So it kind of launched this this Chicken sandwich wars, let's call it. Okay. So Wendy's got involved, and they have a great social media. Their their yes. Twitter is just genius. Yes. And it, but it was really a Chick Fil A versus Popeyes thing. Who had the better chicken sandwich? And it created just this very brief, for like a couple weeks, hysteria over. I gotta try because so many people swear by Chick Fil A, right? Right. Right. Yes. But they's like, well. It, the the it worked the marketing worked because they wanted to try the Popeyes chicken sandwich and they sold out. They're not going to have any until the end of September. Hmm. So, what are the, a couple things? Number yeah. one, just I just want to share. I have many questions. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> so one of the things I want to share is, so because of the kerfuffle this created, it's estimated that they received 65 million dollars in media value as a result of the news coverage wow, of this yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. But the big question I have is, is this. Is it simple supply and demand that caused this? Mm-hmm. Or is it genius marketing? Yeah, that's... And so I, I, I'll t- if you want me to go and tell you what I think, I will tell you. But I'd like... Or do you want me to answer some of your, your Popeye's questions? Yeah, well, you? I guess... I guess, And it's probably... I think it, the question I'm going to ask is probably goes to what you just asked me. Yeah. Is, are they really out of chicken? <laughs> yeah. Because that's where you say, oh, that's actually pretty smart marketing because they've created scarcity and the fact that we're still talking about it. Keep in mind that there's not a Chick-fil-A near me and there's not a Popeye's near me. Well, I, so, I, I so, understand. So, uh, so I'm a li- that's probably why I'm out of the window on that. But 
but yeah, no, I think the it, it goes to prove the power of creating a really fun and creative uh, social media and content digital marketing campaign. So, right. Well, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, well, to your point, I don't think the world's run out of chicken boobs. <laughs> Exactly what I was. So I'm pretty sure I don't know what kind of go-go juice they put in said chicken boobs to make it so awesome. Apparently, but they did. But I, I think it's honestly marketing genius. Yeah. I think they created an enormous demand, knowing they didn't have the supply, um, on purpose. Yeah. Because now everybody's like, well, when, when are you getting the chicken sandwiches back? And they've got they had signage already ready to go. And hey, we're sold out. Already. Come back in a couple weeks. And it reminded me, and, and I do want to ask you this. So it reminds me, uh, we talked a couple, maybe about a month and a half ago, about conspiracy theories. Okay. And I'm a big believer that New Coke in 1985, when, when Coca-Cola's sales were flagging, and they were, they took the original formula off the market. And I believe they did it for two reasons, for really one reason. Um, because they were producing Coca-Cola with sugar, not high fructose corn syrup, and it changes the flavor of it. If you've ever had a Coke from Mexico as opposed to a Coke from the United States, it's, it's a very different flavor. It's not as sweet from Mexico. It's not as syrupy. Anyway, I, so they, I think they took Coke off the market to get people incensed that they changed the formula. <laughs> okay. And so when they brought the original formula back, it had been long enough. It was about four or five months. It had been long enough where people had run out of the Coke with sugar. So now we can reintroduce the original formula with high fructose corn syrup. Oh, and by the way, we make our customers happy by giving them what they want. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. We need to change the formula to compete with Pepsi. It, I don't ever think it was that. Wow, Kirby, okay, that, your take. That is a uh, hot conspiracy take. I, I mean, I think I probably uh, bought into the idea that they just screwed up and, and uh, then realized that they screwed up and, and brought it back. But uh, I, I love how you put that all together. No, I totally believe it. I completely believe it. I, I, I used to drink soda like nobody's business. And so mm-hmm. you remember when we were growing up, we're, we're, we're children of the, late, of the, of the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, both of us are. The Pepsi Challenge, right? Yes, that's you right. You go to a grocery store. They kind of have a little cardboard thing, and they which, give by the two. way, was also good marketing. Great marketing. Yeah, but but and people could say, you know, I would, I I'll never forget people say, I can't tell the difference between Coke and Pepsi. And I was like, mm. can you tell pun- a difference between a punch in the face and a kick in a groin? <laughs> because I'm telling you, there's a big difference. There's an enormous difference, and. <laughs> And so when Coke changed their formula, it tasted just like Pepsi. Mm-hmm. And yes. I do th- I think it was purposeful. Yeah, it, it's it, it definitely did. And I love I love the concept of blind taste tests. And yeah. it was funny, just as a super side note, I was at a BW3s in Indianapolis one time, and they brought out two light beers. Right. And they, they were asking me questions about it. And I was like, well, you know, what do you like about the color? Which one do you like the flavor? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I looked at the guy, and I was like, well, that one's Bud Light, and that one's Miller Light. Right. And he's like, how do you know that? I'm like, yeah. Because I have a tongue. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a big believer in that Coke conspiracy theory. I'm a big believer in the Popeye's chicken sandwich conspiracy theory. And next time on Conspiracy Theory Talk, <laughs> we're going to talk about the biggest consumer fraud perpetrated on the American public, peanut M&Ms. <laughs> wow, this, this, this really escalated quickly. All right, Kirby, you got another topic for us? <laughs> sure. Speaking of brands... Um, 
really quickly, I, I, I'm just curious, and this will probably be a quick topic, but I, I so obviously we have talked about the idea that brands have suddenly, it was like they used to ignore the promo world completely, uh, or at least a vast majority of major retail brands did not play in our space. Mm-hmm. Um, and really in the last couple of years, that has definitely changed. Part of that is the change in retail, of course, but they're starting to see the value in being in the promotional products world. So more and more suppliers are you know, making announcements. It feels like every week uh, a supplier makes an announcement that we've got this new XYZ brand. Mm-hmm. My question to you is when that um, when the brands are announced, right? Like somebody makes an announcement, hey, we now have this brand. Mm-hmm. Is that something that is, as a distributor, you would be like, oh my God, that's awesome. Does it even matter? What's your take on the brands, these brands coming to suppliers? Um, it depends on the brand. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, if, uh, you know, Hush Puppies announced they were uh, producing shoes in the promotional products industry, that would be met with a collective yawn by me. Okay. Um, don't care. That um, is a fascinating brand that you just pulled. From yeah, here. I don't know. Look, I'm still, I'm still stuck on the whole peanut M and M thing, which I'm like, I'm chomping at the bit to get out. I'm actually going to make it a topic next week. I'm just okay. warning you right now. <laughs> well, it's um, a great tease. Yeah, there's a teaser. So, um, I think it depends on the brand. Some brands are are exciting, and it's like, wow, that's kind of cool. I don't know how many cool brands there are left to jump into our industry. Right, right. Um, I think there's a lot. Here's what I will say, though. I think there's a lot of fringe brands that have great following that maybe I'm not aware of that when they do jump in, there's a certain segment that goes, wow, like Dry Duck. I know when when s got Dry Duck, I'm not a hunter. Um, yeah. I, I don't, you know, that's not my scene. That's not my jam as it were, but I know a lot of people were super excited about that. I've got a, a couple dry deck things, and they're great, fabulous, wonderful yeah. quality products. So to me, I think it depends on the brand, but I know there's kind of an arms race now, but here's the thing. There's not a lot of big brands left that are outside of our industry that uh, are not that we can't get. So yeah. I'm not sure how much longer. I think what you're going to see more of now are the, the uh, pop-up brands, the, mm-hmm. the brands that, like, for, for lack of a better term, happen almost overnight or seemingly happen overnight where everybody's all of a sudden aware of them. I think when they start jumping in at a quick pace, they're gonna, you're going to see people jump in and jump out. I think you're going to see a lot more fluidity in mm. that. Well, it's funny. I, I it, For a while there, and I, it certainly has happened where it's like, well, this this brand's in retail. Mm-hmm. And that that is supplier talk for this is going to cost a lot of damn money. Right. <laughs> and so, um, especially if it's not a brand that I'm as familiar with, I'm like, oh, that's in retail. None of my clients are interested in that because it's really popular in Seattle. Mm-hmm. But nothing wrong with it, but they're not going to be willing to pay twice the price just because I say that it's available in Nordstrom's. Right. No, uh, a total. it's a great point, Kirby. And yeah. As always. Right. as always, as always. So you know we're <laughs> at the point now, Kirby, where we recognize our promo person of the week. Woo woo! Dedicated to highlight the one person in our industry who is really making us notice what they're doing. It's my week this week, Kirby. Yes, and um, I have a great one. Okay, Lindsay, I'll be the judge of that. Uh, you will, and so will both of our listeners. <laughs> Lindsay Davis from yes. Raining Rose. That is a good um, one. I'm going to tell you why, Lindsay. So Lindsay is uh, uh, she's a friend. 
Yep. That's not why she's the promo person of the week. Um, she's the immediate past president of the Rack Board, and I've gotten to know her very well over the last couple of years. The team she is building over at Raining Rose with John Cudahy, mm-hmm. with Heather Mangold, Elisa Inkrot, a couple other people, I mean, she is building quite a little powerhouse over there, um, and I find it fascinating to watch. Right. Um, you know, I, I, she is a tremendous leader, a, a very inspired leader, and I, I look at what Nate uh, Robson started at Raining Rose, you know, when I first became uh, aware of them in the industry. Mm-hmm. And then what Mason Lynn did, uh, Mason Lynn's now working on the corporate side of the business over at Raining Rose. And now seeing what Lindsay's doing, the trajectory Raining Rose is on and what Lindsay's doing with that, really inspiring to watch. And for someone so young, um, I don't think she's much past 28 or 29, to be honest with you. I, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit older. I'm terrible at that, so I'll get myself in trouble one way or the other. <laughs> she's younger she's than me. She's 11. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just really exciting to watch. And so uh, I say Lindsay Davis is my promo person of the week, Kirby. Yeah, I, that's a, again, that's a great one. I apologize for interrupting. Um, so what I love, and I, and I think we've talked about this a little bit, is I'm seeing these dream, I call them dream teams, popping up in several different organizations around the industry. And every time I see it, I get inspired, right? Like um, you and I have talked about Common Skew and yeah. their team, and and um, uh, Starline has a, a good group of folks, and, and there's a ton, right? Of, mm-hmm. of course, but exactly what you said. As I started to see a few of the people that Lindsay's brought on, yeah. that starts it with leadership, right? People want to join a team like that, and that yeah. that starts with Lindsay. So kudos, that's a good one, man. Absolutely. So we'll get her those box of high fives out at a time of our choosing. Yep. Um, Kirby. Yep. It's time for the best thing ever, and it is your week. What is the best thing ever we're going to talk about today? Is it the best ever conspiracy theory? Because I've got a couple. <laughs> you know, I could change it up if you really, really nope, want me to. Nope, except I, don't I will to. have none. I have no conspiracy theories. Hey, here's the deal. We've got we've got one, uh, episode 167 coming up next week. So Okay, cool. All right, so the best thing ever, the, of course, each week we dive into something that is the best thing ever. And this week I'm going to go with the best boss Ever. Oh. Yeah, so someone who was a leader, it could be inside of the uh, industry or outside of the industry. Um, and um, as you kind of think about this, I will tell you that I, sh- I came up with this and then immediately struggled because I am a terrible employee. <laughs> um, so um, it takes a very special sort of leader to be a good boss to me. Um, so best boss ever. I can go first or you can go first. Well, know. you know, uh, I'm in a no-win situation, so thank you for that, uh, yep. because I am employed here at Promo Corner, and if I don't answer Joel Moore, I lose. <laughs> so uh, I'm well, going to say... Well, I can answer Joel Moore. <laughs> no, I'm going to say two people. Joel okay. Moore. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, and all, all kidding aside, I would say it is two people, and one of them is Joel. Uh, I'll start with him since we brought him up. Joel is a great partner. He's a friend. Um, and he, I, I tend, to, I can tend to really internalize things and get very um, hyper focused on things to the point where it's detrimental. Mm. Um, I can do that. I can get obsessed with something and and, and, and worry and consternate and worry that it's not going to go the way I want it to go and, and get frustrated about things that are outside of my control. As much as I preach against that, and Joel has a very 
zen way of looking at things of, hey, it's going to work out. And he, he just he's a very even keeled. And so I really enjoy working for him and with him. He really empowers me uh, to do what I want to do. I'd say the, the, the second best boss I ever worked for was a guy at Summit Marketing. He's actually out of the industry now. A guy by the name of Dan Weil, hmm. and he uh, hired me after I left Halo, uh, or I guess after Halo asked me to leave. Um, <laughs> he hired me as vice president of sales over at Summit Marketing, uh, and I think there's Summit Group now, and just taught me a lot about how to deal with people in challenging situations, and really taught me more than anything how to really conduct client meetings and clients and, and, and uh, look at the entire culture of the organization in service to the client. Mm. Um, I quote him almost on a weekly basis. Um, there's, I can tell you stories about him. My favorite story about Dan, um, he hired me. We hit it off very, very, very well in the interview. And you know I could tell we were going to like working with each other. And about three weeks in, I discovered something that he didn't tell me about in the interview. <laughs> and uh, I went in and I said, I hey, story. Yeah, I said, hey, you never told me this about this person. And he just looked at me and goes, well, you didn't ask the right questions, did you? And I'm like, <laughs> damn it if he wasn't right. So, yeah, so I'd say Joel Moore and Dan Weil. What about you? So uh, my best boss ever, and I tell everybody this who will, at, you know, if it ever comes up, is a, a woman named Anita Rector. I worked at the Longerberger Company, and it was my, when I got promoted, I got promoted into my first like, sort of leadership position. And I was young and, mm-hmm. and really, you know, probably ill-equipped to be. Um, Anita was the perfect um, uh, person who was very sensitive but and could sort of drive me, but would also be, she knew how far to push me before I got frustrated with her. Um, cause I don't like being managed as you can, but the, so my way to overcome my own inadequacies in every area of my business life is just to outwork the problem, right? Yeah. Like I'm always just like, well, you know, I can outwork my own stupidity. Right. Um, that, that actually should be on a t-shirt for it me. Should. Yeah. Be, no, for um, me too, by the way, I'm not yeah, much yeah, different. Yeah. But so she would be the person as a boss, he'd be like, no, uh, Kirby, it's time to go home. You yep. need to go see your wife and your and your daughter, um, and you don't get that a lot in corporate no. America. And she was, and, and to be honest with you, she taught me, sort of hopefully, a little piece of how to do that. And so, yeah, that's again, great. I know that's for our audience. That's not a not a person they would know, but um, it's somebody who I admire incessantly. So now I've been, you know, and, and real quick, and I know we're running out of time, but I've been blessed with really good bosses and, and mentors. You know, both outside the industry and, and sure. inside. Um, you know, so I, 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 that's a great, that's a really great, uh, great question. You know what else is great, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Oh, that'd be the good strongs over at Common Skew, or what I said at the top of the broadcast, the good, strong people, friends, strongs over good at Common <laughs> Skew. Words. <laughs> we talk about how they're makers of that game-changing software for distributors, and Kirby's a client. Uh, I'm a client, and, and we're client. You know, it's not the hair club for men thing, but, you know, we actually do believe uh, in, in what we're saying. You know, we don't take sponsors on this podcast just because we, we want to. We actually believe what we're saying, and it's definitely true when it comes to Common Skew. They really help you streamline your workflow, connect your team, impress your clients, and they will be impressed, trust me. And collaborate with your suppliers, and most importantly, grow your business and grow it responsibly. Good enough is never enough for Common Skew. So go ahead and head over to Common Skew com slash unscripted. You're not going to be sorry you did, Kirby. As always, enjoy recording at a uh, toilet paper level with you.
Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.